0: What is up, guys? I'm not sure if Frank uh, threw in some of that audio of uh, a couple vehicles leaving, but we are here today at RFD OC at Patch Coffee here in uh, Lake Forest, California. And uh, yeah, welcome to another episode of Rick for Dirt, the podcast that brings the adventure to you. Um, I'm Ollie. I'm Frank. And we're joined today by Chris Deering. From? From Land Ops. From Land Ops. So Land Ops is one of those very, like, I would say it's one of those grandfathered in names into the Overland community where it's like, if you get into Overland and you kind of learn about some of the older, right. older guys who kind of started the, started it as a kind of a thing here in, in America, um, you can trace it back to people like Land Ops, Overland Bound, you know. Quite a few guys,
1: I, yeah, I'd say land ops. I mean, how long has land ops been around, Chris?
2: Oh, really? It started in 2009. Well, I was dabbling in 2008, yeah, but uh, that's when it all started. I got a ham radio license, went out to the desert, and people were telling me on the radio, Hey, you can find a cache out there. And I said, What's that, a geocache? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I remember when geocaching was getting like I do really remember that. popular, yeah, and that was when like GPS units were like being they used, they were just a lot.
1: starting to, yeah, become like consumer attainable. Like, like, geocaches
0: yeah. now are, like, locations of just right. where to camp. But, like, back back then, it was, like, geocaches There was actual stuff in boxes. Stuff. And there still is, but yeah. it's not. Now it's so much more, like, uh, universal in terms of right. using GPSs for a variety of things. Yeah,
1: GPS has definitely become very ubiquitous. Like, it's just kind of a, it's th- it's a base expectation for everything you do is GPS.
0: Well, I was just watching a video from uh, um, Overland Bound where, uh, Mike was talking about three word navigation. Really? So three word geolocation. I don't think I saw that. It's like monkey pineapple donut, right? And it's like <laughs> that would be the location of Patch Coffee and it like in this system oh, wow. it it assigns random words but it's a universal like so whoever has a system yeah. it's the same words for any given Spot on the map. Whoa.
1: Oh, and, okay. And so instead of so like. So it's a way of triangulating locations using
0: words? Yeah, negative. Instead of like negative blah, blah, blah by West by blah, 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 blah. Right. Which is really hard to remember. Totally. So hard to like try to look at it on your text message that for some reason doesn't want to copy and then be able to paste it into your app. Somebody says monkey donut burrito. You're like, monkey donut burrito. Okay, I got that. <laughs> and you put in monkey donut burrito and it's now funny you know where you're going.
1: To well, me, it's like the. It's like when you learn. When you learn uh, when you're in middle school or or elementary school and you're learning math, and there's the hard way to do it that is very where you have to memorize a lot of stuff. Very precise, though, right? Right, yeah. But you have to memorize a lot of stuff, and that and in the in the short term, you're like, I'm never going to need this stuff, right? But if you take the time to memorize it and learn all the formulas and all the complexities, it pays huge dividends on the back end, right? For some people. And and I feel like this is kind of the same way. Like, if you take the time to learn the geolocation and the degrees and the times of where things are, it it pays huge dividends on the back end. But most of us are never going to need that level of complexity, right? Like, like hey,
0: Well, I mean, look, it, it would be so rad if I could just go like, hey, uh, monkey platypus banana for the next <laughs> RFD super secret meetup. I don't go there. I don't know if that's in, like, Saudi Arabia or something. <laughs> right? But it's like... You know, but it's you're such a you're cool definitely fixated on the monkey sector. <laughs> right. Yeah, I heard that come out of there twice.
1: Monkey? The
0: monkey sector. I'm surrounded by them. I'm surrounded by them either on home or at these meetups. So. <laughs> not yeah. my not
2: my circus, not my monkeys. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, when you've got kids, yeah, that is that that's definitely yeah, a bunch of little monkeys.
2: Well, you know, that sounds like something we do when it's not probably the same thing, but there's a cipher or at least a list we put out when we do a search and rescue. Uh, operation. Well, instead of putting all these geocaches out with instruction caches, we'll put a few of them out. And when you find the cache, there will be uh, a coordinate sheet. Mm-hmm. But instead of reading off all the coordinates, we put the, um, the corresponding name. We just say, okay, this is uh, whitewash2. This is okay. whitewash three. And then they just look it up, and then they punch in their coordinates and go. So does whitewash represent like the trail
0: or the area? Yeah, it might
2: be just a wash. Okay, uh, We might, oh, this one is, um, you know, Ridgeline Alpha, Ridgeline Bravo. And we'll just list them all. And then as a uh, net controller at our net control station, we're choreographing the search and rescue. We actually have a vehicle out oh, wow. there that's lost. or So this simulated. is kind of like shorthand.
1: Yeah. essentially it's shorthand it's your shorthand. Yeah, it's your sh- to yeah. Up? yeah
2: so we're not okay. going you know negative uh you know which is hard to remember right yeah, yeah. totally yeah. yeah of course we do that too but the search and rescue that comes out because uh it makes it just so much easier for all the drivers to look it up and then punch in the numbers so yeah. you're not reading those over the radio
0: right right that's cool yeah yeah so i mean Let's back up. So how did Landop start? Like what was the catalyst and then where has it gone? Like, let's just kind of get into like some of the history.
2: Yeah. So LandOps started off with my family. Uh, I heard this thing about geocaching and I found it interesting, but I didn't, I, I never really joined the geocache.com community. Okay. We actually invited some of them out to some of our operations and they, they said, well, oh, we don't like this. I said, why not? <laughs> You're a geocacher. <laughs> This should be fun. This should be right in line with it, right? They, so what, they is, said it, what no. is it
0: that you're doing, though? Like,
2: So what we do is we put the uh, instructions in the geocache. We'll, we'll break up a team, off-road team. Uh, maybe sometimes with a big event, we'll have Team Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta. Yeah. And there'll be maybe five trucks per team. And they all have their course. They all have a, We give them their first cache, and their first cache is going to lead them to the next cache but when they open that cache they're not just getting coordinates in the next location what they have to do is they are required to work together with the other teams that might be 10 miles away and so they have to use radio communications sometimes we tell them to turn off their radio and use uh we don't use smoke signals but we do light exercises mirror exercises interesting Interesting. yeah that's really cool at nighttime when we do it we actually do have uh like kind of coded signals we don't we don't really, in the ham community, there's a thing called, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Morse? Morse, Morse code? Morse code, yeah. yeah. CW. But uh, we'll just give them a sheet, and it'll say, you know, long, long, short, long means this. Right. And, and then they'll communicate across the desert with light signals. Oh, wow. Awesome. We, we call it silence of the hams. <laughs> we'll, we'll shut them up, <laughs> turn <laughs> off your radios, and, uh, and communicate. That's very cool. So
1: Dude, this is like a hybrid of... Or it's the it's the mixing of like the ham use and the off road use and combining those two and then you guys take a little bit of the geocaching world in the sense yeah. of like your well
2: my original motivation was um, yes. the the Land Rover that the, the big episode the, the the big event they always oh, had yeah. camel trophy yeah camel trophy yeah. Yeah. that yeah. was my I was like oh cool they're navigating they're working as teams mm-hmm. uh, they have to communicate with different languages. And so that was my original motivation. And as we started to do this, we we set out the caches. And the geocaches didn't like us because you couldn't log them. These are private courses. Oh, right, right. They get picked up every time. Right. So we're setting out these unique uh, courses with very unique puzzles, things that you have to solve as a team in order for the other team on the other side of the desert to get to their location. Oh wow! And wow. So, so it's even a, it's though
0: yeah, that's crazy. That that is an interesting. So twist. the first guy would be responsible for like something.
2: They'll have know. half the coordinates.
0: Oh, it's the first team, so yeah. you have
1: to work as a team. But even that doesn't mean that you have to, that you're not somehow re- uh, dependent on the other teams. Correct. So is it competitive or is it just teamwork? Not
2: really. Um, okay. We used to do some called capture the flag on you know the next morning for yeah. fun but mostly these are not competitions these are teamwork exercises wow now yeah. the skills i mean outside of the proprietary kind of like
0: worded locations that you guys came up with like whitewash one or two are the
2: the other skills sound like they're really universal into just survival yes yeah all of our vehicles you know if somebody in the team has what you need um, not everybody is fully outfitted for survival. So a lot of new people come in and they're kind of worried, oh, I don't have everything. Well, right, right. when you're with the team, don't worry. Right. We've got everything.
0: That's cool. We've talked about that whole concept before where it's like, I think it was with Eric from American Overland who was talking about having like a five-vehicle caravan, but each vehicle is right. kitted with a specific correct set of items. Correct. Everyone's got a universal maybe recovery thing, each one, but yeah. beyond that, like... One guy really has the winch who's the most maybe capable yeah. or, you know, like he was like, it was really interesting when he was talking about those pronghorn bumpers where it's like, right. you could take off the winch and plug it onto somebody else's bumper. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work, but a very cool concept. But
1: it's a cool concept, especially when you're on a tight trail and you're in a line and yeah. the, the, the winch may be needed in the front Orange or back. Places, the back. To- yeah. yeah, it might be needed in a completely different place where that vehicle is located. And sometimes you, are, you do get on some pretty tight trails where getting around isn't going to work. It's not going to happen. So vehicle
2: recovery also is part of Land Ops. Uh, We teach people how to use their equipment. Nice. Uh, Some of our ops we've done, we go to the mountain, we find a hill, we'll put a cache there. When you open the cache, it says, put the Hummer at the bottom of the hill and pull it up with a Jeep. And then so you'll have to anchor the Jeep. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, you do a... And people... It's amazing how many people have a winch and they they I ask them, "Have you used it?" And They go, "Well, no, I've never used it before." Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> so, is always a good thing, right? But yeah. you should at least practice with totally. it. Totally.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You should definitely know how to use the tools that you're that you have at your disposal, right? Like Right.
2: Should. So the whole thing about land ops is we become better off-road drivers, we become better navigators, and we become better radio operators. Wow.
1: That is that's
0: that is really cool.
2: That's really cool.
1: Yeah. That's those are, I mean, those are things that look, I've known um, Matt Matt Frederick and um, and Adam and so uh, you know Ollie and I have known them for a long time. I think Ollie's actually known both of them longer. Um, And then I don't know is um, Olaf is Olaf yeah yeah Olaf too right and so and this is still from them not a degree that I was familiar with that Land Ops did. Like, I kind of knew that there was some off-roading. I kind of knew there was some ham. Yeah. But I didn't actually understand how they interplayed. You know, I just
0: thought it was a bunch of guys geeking out over ham radios. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> like... out at the local park. But what what do this they sounds call, way cool. What
1: is the um, Sora, when they do their events and they're out, they step in a park, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, like a field yeah. day. It's like that's field what, day. That's what I thought land ops it's was. It's just field, like days. field days. Yeah, this sounds like this is totally not a field. This is all yeah, about This well, is totally different. Yeah.
2: It, so you know, ham radio has mesh networking, which is bringing your broadband internet out to the middle of nowhere and being able to transmit your uh, transmit your Wi-Fi um, dish to dish. You're creating a data network. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we're we're off cool. the grid, but we're on our grid. You're correct. We create our own grid, and you know we have the two meter, the four forty. We've done exercises where Northern California will do an operation in their area, and we'll do one in our area. We'll be 400 miles apart. Our two-meter radios yeah. won't reach each other, but we have a little exercise. You pull out the antenna, uh, you c- pull up on a cache. You got to connect to HF radio, yep. and you got to bounce that signal. And so we'll talk to somebody from 100 miles away on a radio. So and I had so a
1: cool. I had a friend who was explaining this to me a long time ago, probably six years ago. You might know him. His name is Richard. Um, he's he's. I think he works with the FCC as like a regional kind of not ambassador, but like they have like these regional guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he was telling me how him and he lives, I think, here in Mission Viejo, and he was telling me how um, th- him and his friends have built their own private data network mm-hmm. right. using using this, and how um, I, think the, I think they I think they said at yeah. the time, yeah, at the at the time they were even working with like local city halls. Right. So that in case of an emergency, when the grid goes down or if it goes, we lose power because everything is relying on power. Yeah. Right. That's the fundamental baseline. Right. Right. Everything is relying on power. So if you lose power, you lose everything. Cell towers, communications, video, it all goes away. Right. And so he was saying, well, ham radios draw relatively low power. And he goes this way. um, Interagencies can communicate on their own network and transfer data. He was talking about some pretty sophisticated stuff, but at the same time, kind of simple. Yeah. Like it was kind of mind-blowing.
2: Yeah. You're just taking a, you know, a, a, I, I forgot the law. It's a something 65, part 65. Yeah. A consumer use of a Wi-Fi. Yeah. And and you're putting part 95. I think that's what the, our code is. Yeah. And we're able to increase the power, put in a better antenna on that Wi-Fi and shoot the broadband across. We can even use microwave. No way. Yeah. So, it, you know, this type of communication uh, and what we do, we've we've been invited to fire departments. Yeah. Uh, police are there. They're awesome. they're fascinated because when everything goes down, we can go up.
1: Right. And I think that's why um, ham users. I know that I know they play a pretty big role when it comes to, like, uh, firefighting, those massive fires that we've been having in Northern California. I heard a, I heard a really cool story about a team that helped them set up their network. Um, I think it was for not, was it the Paris or what was that? paradise the paradise fire thank you right when they had theirs and they had a team that would set up and basically manage run communications for them and that's it's kind of crazy to to think that an eight that these agencies are kind of relying on amateurs or amateur radio operators not amateurs amateur radio well the reason they
2: call it amateur radio is because we can't make money doing it oh it's a non-profit but um everybody i know in amateur radio is a is a pro yeah right exactly <laughs> uh, interesting
0: <laughs> that is interesting you know what's cool is uh we we go up to San Diego peak well we used to a lot yeah and the radio tower up there the this whatever the tower um has a lot of those white dishes There's a on lot it, of towers up but there, yeah. a lot of those are private clubs like yeah, you that's know true. like
2: do you guys have stuff like that set up too or well we're we're a mobile club because we okay. have off-road trucks so we haven't invested in uh mountaintop repeaters. There's enough of them around. Okay. There's a lot of that them too. We'll we'll yeah. join the Big Bear Club and you know they have their repeater on Big Bear Mountain. And so we'll we'll support other clubs. Sure. Uh but as a club we figured we're mobile. Right. So we're gonna bring all of our and we have portable uh repeaters. Sometimes we're right. in an area That's like Adam and we're yeah. we got all you know the exercise is too spread out and we got too much granite between us. So right. We'll hike to the top of that mountain. And that's like the
1: radio. I bought a radio for the F J, which is I think is they call it a true quad band, I think it is. Okay. Um, I bought it for that purpose, that I can I can use it as my own repeater. Yeah. Because we can do um I haven't installed it yet. I've literally had it on a shelf for like
2: a year and a yeah, half. Yeah, you you can crossband yourself. <laughs> but you can, yes, yeah. exactly.
1: I go, we can use handhelds um, and go hiking. That's right. And I can and I can anchor my vehicle on a hill. And we can all use it as a repeater to extend the range of our handhelds. That, that's, right.
2: That's so cool because, and that's how the police do it. You know, yeah. their 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 radios on their body aren't that powerful. You right. you don't want to get all that radio sure. frequency. <laughs> sure. Uh, so you know, you you uh, call back to the vehicle. The vehicle repeats it out at. 50 watts or whatever and now you've got your you're using your vehicle as a that is interesting crossband repeater so let's uh let's kind of go into some of
0: the really basics of it Mm -hmm. um i know we kind of went off on a tangent like we normally do (laughs) but let's uh so a repeater is the method of taking one signal bouncing it off a uh more capable setup that has a higher range right and then transmitting that to Another location to eventually, like you said, get to those Northern California guys.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. You it can do it that way. Signal. You can do it that way. When we did the Northern California guys, uh, we were in a valley, and you we, we had no repeater uh, visible okay. to our antennas. So that's where we used HF, high frequency, where we have an antenna, and a, 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 a near vertical antenna that sends a signal towards the ionosphere, and it bounces it. Oh, wow. But the other way repeaters work is they can be networked.
1: They could be plugged into the internet.
2: Yes. And you can have one that goes to Northern California, goes in that antenna, and that one is a gateway to the internet, and then it internets to Alaska. Right. And then it pops up in an antenna in Alaska. Correct. So you can easily talk to somebody in Japan. That's kind of
1: like what the wind system is, right? Yeah, that's the wind system. I use that one all the time for fun. Yeah, And it's you can talk to people all over the world because it... You, you talk into a repeater, yeah. which then takes that signal into the Internet yeah. and then it, re- it redistributes it around the world to all the other repeaters. I think
2: it's like a hundred. I think it's around a hundred repeaters. It yeah. might be more. Uh, and when you call on that frequency and just say, can I get a demonstration? Yes, of the wind system, a Demo. Yeah. And the then win- you'll <laughs> hear people calling from <laughs> Texas, all over the world from Japan. Yep. You know, I've heard. I've amazing. heard Australians. A so a demo, you're
1: just asking basically people to check in. Yeah. So that you want to show someone the reach of this system oh, okay. right. and so Hi, all I'm the
2: KI6 QBM from Rolling Heights, California. Yep. And that's all you say. That's all you say
1: and, and then, then the next boom, guy boom, jumps boom, on. Boom, 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 And then you just start you hearing... You see
2: how far it goes. Yeah,
1: and you start hearing people from all over the US, but then you start hearing people from like Scotland, England, oh, wow. Australia, <laughs> New <laughs> Zealand, cool. like, you know, you know, uh Iran. Like, you start hearing people from all over the place. You're just like, holy crap, this thing's got reach. Yeah. It's cool. That's really cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's how a repeater works. So we use repeaters. The whole idea of Land Ops is to get you out off off the grid and using your radios, using your off-road gear, um, learning how to really navigate to an exact spot. Toning a skill, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, and and it's, it's such a perishable
0: skill, too. It is. Yeah. And, of
2: course, that, that uh, sort of essence of what we do is we go out and find things. That whole process opens up. You know, we have a we've we've done aircraft crash site uh, searches, oh, okay. where we brought the teams to an aircraft crash site, and what we did is we put caches that led up to it, because nobody knows where these things are. Right. Right. Uh, we did the uh, mysteries of Lucky Nugget, the documentary about the second largest meteorite that nobody could figure out. Where it was? What? Uh, <laughs> well, it was picked up, and That's it was cool. you know the Smithsonian got it back yeah. in the seventies, and they put it in um, the Barstow uh, uh, Adventure Center or whatever they call that place, the um, Discovery Center, Discovery Center. Uh, but very very few people knew about that. And wow. you know it was called Lucky Nugget because some miners found it, <laughs> and uh, this thing was just perched in the middle of nowhere.
1: It was just uh, just a meteor.
2: Yeah, just but a you know the right. Marines took it out with a helicopter. Nobody knew where the 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 impact site was there's no crater huh and so it was a mystery so our team had to go in this in the middle of nowhere uh, off-road in yeah Uh, we had support teams Uh, we had to set up our own repeater so we could get into that valley yeah and so we hiked in so we have hiking teams wow all kind of interesting things when you very diverse group yeah yeah it's fun
0: very very diverse we've
2: actually hid caches in the side of a mountain on the rock uh, of course, they had to rappel down to put it in there. Oh wow! And then we one of the one of the operations was they had to rappel down to that location Retrieve to get it. Wow! So this
1: sounds pretty fun. I could get yeah. it. I can get into hanging off a mountain to grab something. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that
2: sounds pretty cool.
0: Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Right, do you guys have uh, military backgrounds or? Uh,
2: there's people that do, but yeah. this is the was not uh set up as a military operation. Sure. Although uh, we did invite the Marines when we were up in. Uh, uh, Galway Lake before they actually did their range preparation. They allowed us to use that area that they took over in upper Johnson Valley. Oh, wow. And, uh, so they gave us permission to use it cause it wasn't BLM land anymore. Yeah. And I, so I said, I told them, okay, well you guys are invited to our night op. Well, uh, about two in the morning, they showed up with a Black Hawk helicopter, <laughs> nice. turned off the lights, <laughs> hovered up. O- I swear they were going to land. Brought the, they brought out the toys. I thought leg. they were going to land. And oh my gosh.
1: I can't imagine the noise and the wind, the, the, like the, the wash the helicopter. I think they were doing
2: a thermal count. They wanted to see how many oh. of us were out there. Because they, they got about a half a click out. They turned their lights on and took off. Yeah, yeah, pretty just quiet.
1: Just a little <laughs> recon.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That's, awesome. That's awesome.
2: So we have fun, but it's not a military operation. We're not uh you know uh we're protected but we don't go out and you know, you know p- play paramilitary stuff. right right sure.
1: right it's it's for fun
0: well yeah. it's like you know the rig behind us uh olaf's yeah. uh, discovery like he's he's former military but he is so like all about these perishable skills oh and yeah ham radio use uh land navigation do you guys do a lot of that too like oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: a lot of land navigation we have onboard navigation um iPads, tablets. Yeah. Uh, we also have handhelds, so we can get out and find something that's hidden uh, that we like to. That's kind of one of the things we like to do. Yeah. Whether it's hidden or lost.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the challenge, right? That that's yeah. what that's the execution of the skills, and and I think when you have a when you have an objective, mm-hmm. it really kind of unites the team. Like you, you know, it's, it's one thing to just be out there and say we're going to practice this skill. Yeah. Sure. I don't think it's it old. Right. But when you have when you do these objective based, they have their objectives. Yeah. yeah. They're, they you're, on a, you're on a you're on a mission. It becomes and so fun. what happens
2: is the mission is in the box. Yeah. And that's the practice. Yeah. But then we'll be up in the mountains and somebody will ask us, hey, my kids lost and they see our antennas. Oh, wow. And we've been part of calling in. We're the first responder. We're on the scene yeah. responders calling in the sheriff department and they found the boy that was great but uh not before we called in you know they had multiple helicopters i'm
1: like personally really intrigued by the whole search and rescue thing like that's something that i've always wanted to get into and just volunteer to to do search and rescue i've just i think i've just been lazy (laughs) we've been out
2: there and we find people who are in trouble we've been some of our videos show we've been um you know trucks are flipped over And we run across them. They're not in our team or not in our, and we just, we're, we're there to help them. Yeah. So we've run across many times, many times where there are people in need and we've got the equipment and we've got the communications to get them out.
1: Yeah. I think it's worth noting too, because I know I found myself in this situation when I first got my license and it's one thing to go through the testing and go and to go through and pass the test and get your license. And you feel like you've learned a lot and like you're good to go, but it's a very different scenario <laughs> when you find yourself in need, not yeah. not as a hobby, not for fun, but you need it, yeah, right. And so, like, sh- my wife and I were traveling across the country, and we thought it would be fun to take our radios and just to hit repeaters and hit, like, just you know, do CQ right across the country and see mm-hmm. who would who would respond, right. And so, and then we wanted to get onto some of the local repeaters, and we were going through like Iowa and like some of more remote places, and then we realized, well, oh, crap, I programmed all the radios at home. And I know how to do it that way, but how do I manually put in yeah. the frequency, the offset, uh-huh. and and the and the code, right? For the I forget they call it the the, the, the little the code that the code to access the receiver, yeah, right. That goes into the that goes into your signal. And so I go. I don't know how to do that manually. And if you and so if you take that scenario when you're truly in trouble, and sure you might be around Big Bear. But you might be in a valley, and the only thing that you have access to is the Big Bear repeater. But do you know, right, what the what that's what that frequency is, yeah. what the offset is, and and your and, code and your code to access the mm-hmm. repeater because it's not just open, right? right. Well, almost all of these have an access code that you have to that you have to preset in your radio, and you can do it manually. But do you know, right, how to do it?
2: Yeah, and some of the handhelds are hard to figure out. Some, some of them people, are, yeah. They program them through their PC. That's what I did, yeah. Uh, but ultimately, when you're on the road, you you've got to learn how to use your stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you can't uh, learn how to v- virtually learn how to use your uh, winch. And
1: you're not going to have YouTube <laughs> right. at your disposal in, in that moment, right? Yeah. That's the whole reason well, why you're thing. jumping on, right? Yeah, I
0: mean, look, the, the the reality is, is like, if it wasn't for YouTube, I couldn't probably do half the repairs I do with right. the vehicle yeah. right now right. that I've been doing. And so we take it for granted. Like, we take technology for granted. We oh, think 100%. it's always going to be there. I mean, my origin story is based on the fact that technology completely failed me. Yeah and got me stuck on a mountain for like, you know, twelve hours with the family. Like, it's I
1: mean it, it almost in some cases it's not even about technology failing you. It's just about the fact that you you take for granted that it's everywhere and there are parts of the world, even in super populated SoCal, right. that have zero signal, zero access yep. to technology, right? And so they're Well
0: those, my faith in technology failed me. Like yeah, my yes. my perception of what it should be yep, is exactly it was wrong. And mm. you know, you really you take for granted like being in a city and having instant connection with whoever you want and sometimes maybe a drop signal through a certain street, but to be in a completely massive a area zone. and mm-hmm. just have everything be dead and yeah. not be able to like connect to your wife and children, you know, now it's like even if I go to the airport, I have a I have a GMRS radio in everyone's bags. So if the kids get lost, they have their backpacks, and they know it's on channel two. I lock it, yeah. And so at least they can call out. So if we lose them for any period of time, I'll have my radio on. You just got to get it. And I'll listen. And I'll listen for them. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's uh, it's a, uh, it's something that got changed in my perception because of what I went through. And I think if people are more, like, I think this is going to be a great episode to educate people on, like, you know, how many skills do you not have? That would suit you for the
2: lifestyle that you're living, or right skills now. Yeah. that you
1: think you have, but you really only have partially. Well, right. Sure. You're really,
2: you've well, really you really, well, you could turn on the radio and click the button. Correct. Yeah. And correct. I, I'm just surprised at how many people that are off roading and going to very remote, remote areas, right. and and a lot of times by themselves or with a buddy. Yeah. And they don't have any antennas on their their truck, and you know they're relying on cell phone or whatever. Uh, and then also, um, I you know not to badmouth mouth CB, but uh, CB is maybe good for inter-vehicle communication within a mile. Yeah, right. after it's that, really it's range. worthless. Yeah, it's um, got a really short yeah. range. so you know these radios are powerful. So I I, I see a lot of overland uh, community and uh, the resolution ex- is Expedition terrible. Overland. <laughs> all those guys having uh, ham radios, and uh, also the satellite uh, in reach. Those kind yeah. of things that allow That's you to money. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
0: That was the first thing I think I, I really went Same after here. when I started my project was I originally went with Spot. Mm-hmm. which was fine. Yeah. But then I switched over to Garmin because it has a broader network and it's, it's been amazing being able to text my wife oh, right. it's, completely it's game changer. and it just is. be, yeah. Hey, I'm good. Hey, yep. I hope you guys are good. Like,
1: and being able to like actually tether that to other devices that may not have GPS or as accurate GPS is yeah. also like, that's, that's been super beneficial to me, which actually brings me to another segue is that I think a lot of people don't know that aside from being able to do a data network, and obviously communications and repeaters, but you can also do GPS through your ham radio. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, yes.
2: Right, but there's right. Like a certain amount of data that can well, be transmitted, Well, something right? that needs to be, uh, I, I should always tell people about this, we use it a lot, it's called APRS, Automatic yeah. Packet Reporting System. Yeah. And what that allows us to do is connect our radio to our GPS, it tells the speed we're going, where we're at, um, and you, know, you can have it beacon every three minutes, but um, another radio that's picking that up uh, can see where you're at. Yeah. So we're able to monitor where all of our vehicles are on a search and rescue because wow. you don't want to l- lose the search. You don't want to lose more. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> lo- turn
1: it into a, a bigger search so and cool. rescue. Right.
2: And something that is not talked about, uh, but uh, is, is an example, there was a, a false uh, call for a search and rescue because one of our operators uh didn't have uh, the satellite capability went through joshua tree joshua tree yeah and uh he stayed an extra day he texted his daughter but the text didn't go out oh wow a search and rescue was because he was expected home
1: yeah so
2: we activated we were actually on a search and rescue he was coming back from that and then we lost an operator
1: oh wow so now
2: we're reactivated we're going back out we got it halfway there and then we find out Oh, I'm He's, just having
1: a good afternoon, yeah. guys. I'm just hanging My out. My cell phone didn't. Uh, <laughs> What's the deal?
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> like 50 you know. People showing up at your campsite? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, wait, it, it's not just you contacting out, but it's other people being able to receive you. Right,
1: right. Yeah, That's a, a good very point. Very important. That's a good point. That is so cool. Because that does happen a lot. Where I mean, even at home, like here in the middle of a town, mm-hmm. I'll send all these sometimes a, a text or a photo of whatever we're working on, and it'll just say failed. And you don't, I don't realize that until like an hour later.
2: Yeah. You
0: know,
1: I'm like, well, that didn't go anywhere for an hour. No wonder. I haven't Why heard didn't bad. you
2: respond to that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like sending those messages like later anyways, just yeah. because to see what the person's reaction would be like, <laughs> yeah, it's always like untimely and you know, no longer relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So what's the, what's the first steps like people should do? I, I assume it's like get your ham license,
2: right? Uh, th- we just tell people to come out with us. Um, just come out, and uh, it doesn't matter what you have. People with two-wheel drives, they make it to our net control station. Yeah. And then sometimes they'll jump in somebody else's truck and ride around. Um, we'll put them on a team if they're not capable, if they're not off-road capable. Uh, they can either stay at net control or they can ride with the teams. So uh, we just tell them, come as you are. And that's, you know, you can't buy everything and then go out. Correct. It's just it's very
0: accommodating. You learn yeah. from there. Yeah, learn what yeah.
2: you need, what you want what yeah. setup might be good for you right yep that's very cool some I, people are more into radios some people are more into suspension hey i want to do this and sure yeah you just come as you are it's like an off-road community like any yeah but then mm-hmm. with a lot of technical pieces to right it. there's like an offshoot
0: right. of it right yeah that's so Absolutely. cool so um i guess there's a question i'd have to ask is what's the weirdest or strangest or most interesting things you guys have come across in because you guys cover a lot of Normally, unnavigated un- land, right? Yeah. Like BLM areas and whatnot,
2: right? Yeah. But, yeah. Have you guys seen anything really cool? Well, we haven't run into uh, any uh, illegal grows or anything okay. like that, <laughs> um, you know, uh, which if you're in those areas, you should kind of know you're in those areas right. and be careful right. and, you know, maybe be prepared to shoot back. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, some of the most interesting things we've done are missions where we're looking for, like, the the – the meteorite yeah. mm-hmm. uh, location and which we found. And we are the ones who found the impact crater. Oh, wow. Nobody like, knew. Did it they bounce? Was, huh? Did it bounce? Did it like hit? It did actually it clipped the top. I, I was like, this is, this must've clipped the top of something and then oh, come down the valley. Cool. Like that's a bowling why ball. it
1: didn't, that's why it didn't leave a crater.
2: It did. Yeah. But it, it there were, I saw an ejection blanket. Um, so we we're flying our drones. We hiked our drones up there. Wow. And, uh, the, on the, after the first episode, we found out this information. Yeah. Uh, my co-producer, uh, Fernando, uh, he found Ramirez. He found the by by flying Is the Is that his whole name? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So so he uh, he ended up uh, seeing it. And he showed me. He says I found it. And or then it all nicked. all the all the That's universities amazing. were calling him. Wow. Now they got an interest because they pulled this thing out so fast. Nobody knew where it was. And all the information on Wikipedia was false. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. You know, there's a lot of fake totally, news going around. Yeah. And so there would be like five miles off. Yeah, Some of them would be a mile off. Nobody really knew. So yeah. we actually... And and the photos that the military took, don't ask me why. They're all backwards. <laughs> oh. So we're trying to match rocks.
1: Oh. And we're holding it up and
2: we're at oh, this area. Oh, probably the lens.
1: Yeah. It's, and I we're wonder. like,
2: this looks like the area, but... And then we noticed a, a vein in a rock going the wrong way. And we're like, uh-oh. We flipped the picture yeah. around. It matched. So wow. it was, it was like a funny. total mystery to figure this thing out. Yeah. Just to find out where the second largest meteorite to ever hit North America was picked up. <laughs> so, wow. wait, how
1: big was this thing? Yeah, how big was it?
2: Oh, it's like a three-ton. Oh, it's, wow, It's man. huge. And like, it, was, it totally blew my thought in my head out of the water. Well, yeah, because when you
1: said helicopter, I was like, well, it can't be that small. But then you made it sound like someone picked it up and walked away with it. And I was like,
2: <laughs> no, you know, I mean, <laughs> wow. we found the smoke grenades where the marine helicopters were pulled in. Yeah, This this, this was a heavy, uh, and yeah. then they cut like 900 pounds off for the Smithsonian. But most of it's over in the Barstow uh, oh, wow. Discovery Center.
0: They had to like probably pull out with one of those Chinooks,
2: right? Those dual rows. Yeah. Rubber. Oh yeah. It yeah. was a it was a big one. Yeah, that's oh. pretty cool. But they, you know, they were so interested in getting their hands on it and getting it away from these miners who mm. never got a dime. <laughs> um, they, you know, these guys <laughs> called it Lucky Nugget. Yeah. That's they. That's they thought their, it was their payday, right? That like, was their claim. They were looking for gold and they found this. Big this giant space rock. Yeah. And not only <laughs> was it uh, uh, a space rock, it was it's in the top 5% of the most rare iron, nickel kind oh, of- Oh, no kidding. Yeah. It's, um, a, it's worth a lot of money. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's a national treasure. Yeah. And yeah. so they didn't get a dime. That's- nice. That's, yeah. Yeah. It was, there was this legal battle. So it was this cold blanket that was over this whole thing. Yeah. So when we did our little documentary for Land Ops, we wanted to show the adventure side of what it must have been like to find something so rare- they would have been better off finding a gold mine because they would have got some money. Because right. they would have actually got Right. It this was, was worth
1: so more. I mean, if you go out today. Because it was worth astronomically so much more. The government's like, nope. They, they just <laughs> swooped in and said, yep, mine. They, yeah. should have,
0: they
2: should have at least broken off a piece. <laughs> something, right? As, Future as, reference. If you ever see something just, like that, break off a piece. Knock off a corner. So this yeah. is yeah. one of the most interesting things we've done. That uh, is cool. Besides the aircraft crash sites and besides... Running into people that need help. Those are just very. Um, so nothing strange then, like nothing like oh my god, look mm-hmm. at this abandoned or. Just... We've done some UFO stuff. No, we actually did one. <laughs> we, we we did one where we uh, we made it up. Okay, we okay. made it up. Sure. Okay. Sure. And we made it. We, we showed all this debris that we were going out at night, and we had this whole story that we had shot down a, a satellite, a spy satellite. Oh wow. With jelly, you know, we shot yeah. it and we just broke it apart. Yeah. And the jelly was uh, had a, a, a heat kind of a heat protection so you know like you could re-enter and preserve the part so we could take it and we're picking all these things up that's pretty creative it was it was (laughs) yeah it was uh it was a total ruse yeah and you know we said it was a chinese satellite and we said it was uh piggybacked on one of their other satellites we named it and uh it 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 looked too real and so we started (laughs) getting like paranoid that you know the chinese were going to come after us or something so it was a. Uh, That's right. What is that so, thing called? Like for, uh, like live action role playing, like oh
0: LARP, Larping. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like LARP, Like it's like you get to immerse yourself in just like an experience. Yeah. And it's like, I think the whole thought in my head this entire time we've been talking is escape rooms almost, <laughs> like where you have to like utilize various skills or yeah, certain people are good it's at math same, it's and it's a similar concept. And then everyone yeah. comes together to like advance to the next level like. Or the Rebel Rally. Yeah. Like, do any of the Rebel Girls come and train with you guys? Not yet. Oh, wow.
1: Honestly. That seems like a really it good opportunity, right? seems like a right?
0: really good thing to it get does. into. Because they can't use any cell phones. They can't have anything really digital, per se. So, not so much. I think on, they they can have. It's ham- all analog. Com- it's ham communication, right? Right. But yeah, they have that's commu- it. Yeah. And everything on the map finding side of the wayfinding is just. It's all analog. Map based. Maps and compass, compasses. Yeah. Oh, okay. Orienteering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. Yeah. So exactly. that's what they do, and it's like they have their own courses. But I, dude, if I was, if I was doing a rally, like I'd totally be connected with like a land ops crew. And that just seems
1: like a really good way to kind of stay sharp. Stay sharp. Yeah, exactly. we
2: even go to like we were asked to go to the um, uh, high desert uh, roundup uh, with Cal Four Wheel. They had a lot. I mean, I don't know, hundreds of jeeps, and we were there just as a radio support. Uh, We had a net control station in in case anybody needed to call in and get help. Uh, But they're all, you know, stocked in depth. They have all the vehicles with them, so they got first aid. Most of what they have is within their team. But that's kind of what we do. We have fun. We're helping people. We're getting better at using all our equipment. There's not too many
0: times where I'll come across somebody and, like, within two minutes of talking to them go, Hey, Frank, let's do an episode on this. Like, yeah. that was how quick yeah, like, that was. It literally me. happened that <laughs> way. I'm like, I can <laughs> yeah. hear it. I'm like, there's going to be some old, good stories from, from like, and I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of all the new stuff like, yeah. that we always talk about, but it's like the true roots of American based overlanding is really cool because, you know, it's not as, there's not as much of a necessity in certain aspects of it as there is in like Africa or Australia. However, there's some amazing skills that we can all benefit from that you guys are experts at and are constantly working on and constantly improving on?
1: It might be kind of a stretch and it might just be me, but I feel like the reason that this has taken off in the US, um, this whole like adventuring, overlanding, exploring, land ops, right, all that, is that I feel that inherently as Americans we we grew up. We grew up with that mentality of of pushing and exploring and reaching Lewis beyond and your Clark limits. Like well, that's common, my point, yeah. right? Lewis is that Clark, yeah. it's it's embedded in our history, and even even though we don't know it as children, we're we're learning about it through like you know the, the Great Western migrations and pioneers and Davy Crockett, and Wild Bill, and all these yeah, all these different experiences of of you know human beings driving into the unknown and you know and taking their chances and, you know, living off of their skills and their savviness. Right. And so I feel like growing up with that, when you introduce that and the fact that this is such a massive country, right. With so many different landscapes and, and, you know, geologies and features that, you know, it's, it makes a lot of sense how we're just always intrigued, like mentally. We're just, we've been, we've been captivated by this since children. Yeah. I mean,
0: there, there are still things yet to be found. A hundred percent. I mean, one of the things that, i always like thought it would be so cool to go find is i forget his name but there was a guy who left these like a large sum of money <laughs> oh you know it's like a it's like they found it did they find it? like two years ago one? i was actually reading that story when we were traveling through okay. nebraska i was reading the story
1: and this guy um people were almost there were like multiple the families right? yeah, the families of some people that died trying to find it were suing him because they were saying he's responsible because of he created this. It was millions of dollars. Yeah, like it was a lot, and it was a lot in gold. And wow. it was a crate that he had buried in the mountains. And all he gave was a was a poem. Yeah, he wrote a poem, <laughs> and all the clues were in that poem. And I think it took like 12 years for someone to find it or something like that. But I it's mean, it was a really good story. Passed, oh like yeah. Way- deep, deep in the back country they're like
0: they're like we don't even understand how this guy managed to get it there yes. to begin with but <laughs> yes given that he had millions of dollars to give away i'm sure he could hire a bunch of people I to wish
2: we had heard of that one that would have right. been a good land ops that exercise that would have been a really good one but right. i'm like that kind of
0: stuff you know could still be out there and i it makes me sad to think that everything would one day be explored. Yeah, because there's a certain part of the unknown that makes life exciting. It's almost like playing a video game and having all the cheat codes. It's not fun anymore.
1: You well, know? Yeah, and, and and I'll say this though. Look, the reality is is that a lot of the places that we go and will go, some human being has been there before, sure. yeah. right? But but it's new to you. It's, ex- yeah. it's new and exciting to you. You know, like when I did that trip just two weeks ago. You know, I went. I saw an original Pony Express home station. They get thirty thousand visitors a year in this weird little town in the middle of Nebraska, mm-hmm. which also blew my mind. That's but, awesome. but no. that didn't matter. It was new to me. It yeah. was really cool and exciting to me. And that's yeah. a good point. I think that's there's well. Value we've been in that. doing
2: this a while, and when you know, we'll we'll even go out to the same areas. We'll go back out to the desert. We'll do the mountains in the summertime, and uh, it is new to our even our members because every time we change up the operation, yeah, uh, we'll do a night operation. Yeah, we'll yeah. All, it's it's called our secret sauce. Um, <laughs> we, you can say whatever you want in those caches, and we'll do all kinds of exercises that will throw them for a loop. Yeah. We do mind games. We do crossword puzzles oh, wow. to solve. <laughs> we'll throw in dummy coordinates. They'll have to figure out, uh, you know, there there's nine dummy coordinates, and there's only one real one. you got to get the right signal from the other team yeah. in order to find the right code. That's so cool. So it, it we change it up. We, we don't just... Yeah, so that it's fresh every time.
0: Yeah, well, I really want to do one of these now. Yeah. So
2: if somebody wants to get
0: started in with LandOps, where's where do they go? Yeah. They just
2: go to landops.org. Okay. And uh, easy as that. That's yeah. I mean, we have meetup groups and stuff, but those are very they cover a local area. But landops.org is the entry to our forum and our membership. Is LandOps okay. regional? Uh, right now, it's mostly in California. We have a lot of interest in other areas, and I am totally willing. We have others that were willing, like we were going to go to Idaho, but we didn't have enough uh, awareness yet. Oh, okay. So, you know, we like to have at least a dozen trucks, uh, maybe 20 trucks, when sure. we go to an area to, to set these up. That's kind oh, of like a, a consistent base. Yeah. 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 No, I feel you. The same thing with
0: us with Rick for Dirt. Like, as we expand, we want to make sure that where we're expanding to Already has people we know right. that are willing to go yeah. right. monthly too. Yeah. yeah. Right.
2: Um, what are the dues? Oh, we do like uh, our full, we have like a twenty five dollar a year uh, level to just be it's in the nothing. forum, and then we have the full membership to go to like level one, two, and three mm-hmm. ops, um, and that's like sixty five dollars a year. A year that's still not bad. Yeah, not that's bad really at good. All. Just to be part yeah. of a, another
0: community right. that you could tap into, that you could learn from, and who also seems like they're out there to help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty huge.
2: Yeah, and we got our YouTube channel. I heard you talk about episodes. So Yeah. What is Is that that about? Is that just Land Ops? Uh well, yeah, it's Land Ops. We have our um we we try to video and you know aerial drone everything because people don't know what we're doing. Right. It's hard to explain what we do. Sure. You know, we're not just following people. I think you did a good job here though. Okay. (laughs) That's (laughs) Richard.
0: That's the guy I was telling you about. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good thanks. So this is uh, you, you mentioned Richard. Yeah,
1: I've known, I knew Richard from a long time ago. We used hooked to, up with the FCC. Yeah, Richard was the one that was telling me about the um, the mesh network and the data back like God, like five or six years ago, when oh, I first cool. met him. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, do you want to jump on real quick, Richard? What is this? No. <laughs> Nope. Because <laughs> I have no idea what the hell you're even we doing. gave
2: you an opportunity. Because <laughs> I just came to say hi. I just came you to know, say hi yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, no, that's cool. So you guys heard it. LandOps on YouTube. Uh, LandOps.org uh, for the interwebs. And uh, check them out if you're interested in this type of uh, experience and education. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a pretty cool one. I think it's in Frank and I's future to go join up and, and see what it's all about and, and learn some things that maybe we don't know.
2: Synchronized teamwork. Synchronized yeah, teamwork. that's what we do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
0: Okay. Right on. Well, well hey, thanks. Thank you so awesome. much for joining us. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And, thank uh, you. hopefully you got a couple more members out of this. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. yeah, we'll have fun. Thank right you so much. Life. All right. All right. Okay. Bye. So that was really cool.
1: Yeah, that was a lot of fun.
0: That was that was unexpectedly awesome. Like, no no offense, but I didn't really know what to expect out of Land Ops. I thought it was, I thought, like you said, it was like kind of show up to the park and, you know, just... Right. just nerd out about radios and stuff and you know talk about it and people people who are way beyond my skill level yeah like getting together you know and exactly and to hear about how cool and how fun and you know engaging it is i mean it makes me excited to want to go out and experience it so yeah i think we definitely have to go yeah
1: i think we definitely have to make time and and try this out because it does sound pretty it sounds like a really good use of what our vehicles are built for and it's probably i hate to say it but probably a skill that at some point it will pay dividends and we're going to have to use it
0: no doubt no yeah. doubt, and yeah. even
1: if we come across, like Chris was saying, like when we come across people, like we, when we do when we do San Diego Peak, like I always bring extra water. I bring mm-hmm. a lot of water. It's only a day trip. I mean, it's actually only a couple hours from home, yeah. right to the peak. And I have to this day almost every single time I've gone up there. Actually, every single time I've gone up there, I have had to give someone water or give someone a ride back down the mountain.
0: Remember that guy that we came across? Yeah, yeah, who he was hiking, hiking from like
1: Dana Point. Which for those of you who don't know,
0: nuts. it took him. I think he
1: said it took him twelve hours. To hike and to basically walk from South Orange County to yeah. the peak
0: of San yeah, which insane. is significant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, we will we will kind of be back on track after this episode. I think yeah, we'll be going to summer camp, willing, God willing. Yeah, we'll be going to summer camp, and if not, we'll be driving somewhere. Yes, and we'll we'll be back on the road and in a location, and uh, hopefully we'll have some really cool stories to share with yep. some other people. Yeah, and uh, and then we also. We'll be at Overland Expo West. Yeah, uh, we're working on going out to Mountain West, so we should get we should get back into the rhythm of having really interesting people come yeah. on and uh, and be part of the podcast, which Absolutely. we've kind of been missing out on since. All this COVID madness, yeah, yeah,
1: and we and we talked about it, right? Like we didn't want to do these kind of remote interviews. We did a couple, right? We had Olaf on, yeah, but and it just wasn't it's, the same. It's not the same, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so there's something to be said about being able to hang out with these people in person. Have you know, especially if we can go wheeling or camping with them, even better. Yeah. And I, you know, I I, th- I think that does come through in the podcast. So I'm I'm happy that we'll be getting back to that. I think you guys will be stoked on what's coming.
0: Yeah, Um, you know, and you know, as for me, we're actually both of us we're just kind of in that last minute crunch of. Getting everything dialed to go on, yeah. to go on these adventures, and um, I'm almost done.
1: Yeah, I'm almost done. I know, I like, can't I'm wait. So close. It's I can't wait. It's not even my vehicle, and I can't wait. <laughs>
0: like I'm like I don't want to break her again because I don't know what I'm going to upgrade, and I don't have money right. to upgrade anything. You right. Know, like it's like every single time she breaks, it's like something gets improved, and it costs money. Yes. You know, so <laughs> I'm I'm just looking forward to maybe a few months of just enjoying like yeah. some more mild. Things Not before having I go to do stress about chocolate thunder. Yeah,
1: totally. Not having to stress about having to fix something and just live, enjoying the the trip.
0: Dude, at least by December, I will go and do my chocolate thunder yeah. attempt, and it'll be fun and it'll be great. And if I break, it's okay.
1: Well, November December is actually really good because it won't be super hot out right. there. Yeah. It'll be nice.
0: I mean, I was planning on doing this damn thing in like September.
1: I remember, like that was like a it was a it was the, the the goal. I mean, it was coming up hard and fast. Like hindsight it was,
0: being twenty twenty, you know, not the most ideal. It was it was player. ambitious,
1: and I, yeah. I I don't knock you for that. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the fun things, right? Is that you're you always do drive pretty hard to, yeah. to push to push the envelope, but and that's hey, exciting.
0: If rattlesnake broke me, then I'm glad I didn't do it yet. Yeah. Because right now. What's going to happen is I'm going to go, um, now that she's back, not not stock, but she's back to where she was before I broke. Yeah. I'll be able to take a look at it with some friends, see, okay, what failed? Like, where was it binding? How did it bind? What needs to happen now to make it not bind again? Right, right. And, uh, and then improve upon it wherever that improvement needs to be so then i'm that much more ready to go take on something like chocolate thunder in a, in a vehicle like that right and you know after i get some of these bucket list things out of the way with a heavy rig i might go down and wait and just finally just do my kind of settle into just a do normal yeah. yeah and just do fun but right now it's like okay i know it's next to stupid i mean you got a goal yeah right? that, that, you got it's a goal just a, it's just a stupid like thing yeah. like i'm going to be a very heavy rig and go do things that heavy rig shouldn't do right <laughs> and it's and a lot of people are like dude why are you even doing it you'd have so much more fun i'm like you're totally right yeah but at least this is just a differentiation and if i can learn how to drive with this thing yeah dude imagine what i'm going to do with something that's really dialed that's, that,
1: that's a little more nimble it's wild. Yeah. yeah like Absolutely. i cannot wait Absolutely Honestly, makes me excited or maybe a new vehicle. I don't yeah, know. I'm really looking forward to this Colorado trip, though
0: Yeah, you're going on really that big I mean, I'm gonna try to make it out for that But you're definitely going with yes, rebel, right? I'm definitely going.
1: Yeah, I just I can't wait I think it's gonna be so gorgeous and epic
0: rebels yearly like have at it Get yeah.
1: get out of everywhere and just literally go off the grid.
0: Yeah, yeah, no You you've you've been working on solar yeah. you got that. solar did you install that? In Not those? yet? It's yeah. it's
1: it's still in the garage It's gonna go on next week Matt um, just put his on here. Yeah, I saw that. I, 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 it looks really good. I'm really excited to get it on the FJ. Um, my fridge shows up um, probably on Monday.
0: You got a Dometic?
1: Yeah. yeah, got a Dometic 55 because, I'll be honest, I splurged I only, just for the ice maker.
0: Sure. No, dude, why not? It, <laughs> I th- normally... Does it make ice? It does make it ice. It actually makes It actually it.
1: makes ice. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And so, like I splurged, and that's normally the. I mean, up until this time, the FJ has always been very functional. Yeah. And I definitely don't need a fridge that big for just me. (laughs) I just wanted the ice because you know, you know me and my iced coffee. Like, you know, I just I looked at Shannon and I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna be that guy because I, i'm gonna treat i'm gonna, I'm gonna treat myself
0: <laughs> so dude now you got you got the wagon you got the wagon power yeah dude uh, bank how how do you how much do you like that dude, well i love it now that i wrapped it in multi cam right, right? <laughs> awesome. no but it's bitching it is bitching it has so many outputs it's got all the inputs you need and then you could do dual input charging yes, which is really which bitching. is really i mean so,
1: that's and it's pass through yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's awesome and now so you're on the road at night you just plug it into your the wagon during the day, you plug into your vehicle yep. to charge the wagon. Like, yep, you're you're pretty dialed now. Oh, it's dialed. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna have what I'm gonna do is the fridge is gonna be plugged into the wagon uh, lithium cube, and then the lithium cube will be plugged into the vehicle all day. So it'll be it'll be charged it'll be pass through charging. Yeah. Right, so it'll run the fridge and charge itself.
0: And what is that? It's like a thousand one hundred and sixty watts. Of yeah, it's like no, it's, it's
1: yeah, it's just short. Yeah, one thousand one hundred just, short of, just short of 1,200, Yeah, yeah. so we're, we both are running the lithium twelve hundred, yep. and it's a it's a sweet setup. Um, I'm actually going to do some videos here pretty soon because I'm dealing with, like, I now have to travel um, with a medical device, so I, I have never talked about it on here. I think only you know um, that I have to travel with that machine, and and so. Um, I'm gonna do some videos because I think there's a lot of people that are that it's not it's not uncommon, right? So basically, I got a CPAP, and I haven't been sleeping; I've been snoring like you know, I'm snoring like crazy, right? And so, um my wife finally made me go get tested. I got tested. Doctor's like, I don't know how you haven't died in your sleep, right? <laughs> and like, it's literally, pretty yeah, it's pretty it's normal. pretty severe, yeah. and um. I didn't realize it was that severe, and I and I didn't realize that my raging headaches, my migraines, all these other peripheral things that I was experiencing were because of that.
0: Well, essentially, what happens is you stop breathing in the middle of the night. Yeah,
1: and you're stressing, and I didn't know that. A, I didn't know that. And B, I didn't know how stressful it was on your on your organs. Sure, like it's extremely stressful on your heart. Well, hold your, your, your liver. breath for a while. You'll yeah, see how your body's on your like, brain. Yeah. yeah, it's extremely stressful on those organs, and I didn't know that until my doctor basically scared the shit out of me. Yeah, um, and so. Um, So, yeah, so I got this machine, right? Now that I have it, I don't want to sleep without it. Right. because it's so quiet now. It's so quiet. My wife sleeps. I sleep like a baby. Like, I sleep so well. I was so against it. I did not want to have something on my face. I was so, I hated the idea of, of this. But now that I have it, um, so that's the other reason for the lithium cube for me. That was the other driver oh, that's awesome. for getting this. That's, because that's
0: a whole unknown, and I think that would be a great content piece for yeah, people. Yeah, that's to- what I want
1: to do is explain like that whole journey because I know I'm not alone in this. I know it's a really common thing. And, um, I have my bedside unit, but I also picked up a travel unit that's and I'm going to do some power tests oh, so dude, that you guys can see.
0: That's great because now I don't have to try to sleep between moments that you're dead essentially. <laughs> right. When you stop snoring no, it's you're because right. you're no longer breathing. Exactly. And then I get to sleep. Exactly. Yeah. Not that we sleep together, but sometimes we do travel and we'll end up in a hotel Yeah. and we'll share a room. We're, right? we're cheap yeah. as fuck. So we'll, we'll share a room and Yeah. yeah.
1: And I hate being that guy. Like, I hate being the guy that's keeping people awake. Or I know. I I snore anyways. I don't
0: fully have, like, sleep apnea, but I do snore. So, like, last night my wife, I heard her wake up and she was about to leave. I'm like, I'll leave. Because I knew I was (laughs) sleeping heavy. It's usually, like, after I work out or do, like, a lot of stuff throughout the day. Yep. Like working on the Jeep for most of the day in the sun, like yeah. I will snore like a Your muscles all relaxed and everything yeah.
1: just, you turn into a puddle, yeah. yeah. Everything. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to do some videos on that and talk about the power consumption of cool. these units, go a little bit into the um, using them on AC versus DC power, and I'll do some actual tests right. so that you can see on the on the cube what the consumption is. Um, because it's a big cube and it's running in the fridge, I'm very curious to see, but I think this is going to be my solution. Like I think this is going to help me... Um, just enjoy that's right i have so much more energy now during the day like i don't feel like i'm constantly falling asleep all day like it's been a game changer so i'm um, looking forward to talking about it more
0: awesome well on that note i say let's pay some bills let's do it i think this has been a great episode again unexpected and so uh valuable and you know again huge thanks to land ops and you know i was not a f- like I'd, I'd always see them kind of like set up at like I think I've seen you guys at Expo. At Expo, Expo. And, and they've come to some of the RFD yeah. events too. And, yeah. But it's like I'm always like, eh, that's not my that's not my kind of crowd because they're they're older and they're like all they're all so smart. They're so ageist. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't even fit. I don't even fit there. And it's I like, do
1: kind of feel like a, like a like a square peg. Yeah, I, I, do, yeah. I feel like a, that. Like it's nothing bad. Just no, I yeah. just I'm
0: like I'm not on that level. But hearing, having, sitting down, hearing about it, talking about, it, I'm like. I'm all about it. Yeah.
1: Like, I I
0: can't wait to like go try it out. I'm
1: actually a little, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: So I think it's not a, it's not an age thing. It's just a, do you like adventure? Do you like fun? Do you like learning new things that you can actually use in real life? Yes. If the answer is yes to any of those questions, I would go definitely check out. Check them out. Yeah. All right. Let's pay bills.
1: All right. So first up is Rebel Off-Road. Uh, local to us, and now, now local to Texas. Now local if you're in Texas, they yep. just opened up a. Sh- they're so in the rad. process of opening up a shop in Fort Worth, um, or just outside of Fort Worth, which is I think going to be open in September. Like they're weeks away from finishing that up, and so you'll have a new place to
0: shop for goodies. Everyone's and chasing after Liberty right now, going yeah. off to Texas or Arizona. Well, they're not leaving here. Opener. Yeah, they're not. Well, leaving they're not fully here. leaving, but they're they're opening up a second Texas, location. Texas ain't a bad place to be right now. Yeah
1: yeah so check them out um rebeloffroad.com you know they've been supporting us for a long time we've we've had our vehicles worked on by them mm-hmm. uh, repeatedly yep. they do a lot of good stuff for they're us manufacturing parts now they're manufacturing too, parts so right oh and they just released the bed rack for the tacoma nice so if you have a tacoma it's and not you, just jeeps no nope. they're,
0: they're really known for jeeps but they are they're making a lot of cool products a lot of
1: cool stuff and yep. like i said they've always supported the fj build right and they've been they've been the key part of what's what we've done to that vehicle so yep. um definitely check them out um yeah, they're not cool. just jeeps.
0: Uh, next up, uh, Milestar tires. I, I run the Milestars, and uh, they are they've been nothing but great to me. Yeah, um, I've been on them for oof, I'd say like at least almost almost two years now, and they have been a, a fantastic all around tire in a mud train. Yeah, uh, usually you find that kind of all around performance in like an all train, but given given that they have an aggressive lug it's still awesome in the in the rain it's still fantastic in the snow yeah um and you know you can you can nitpick at them for like not being the greatest off-road tire but the reality is is they're a great all-around tire so you're yeah. gonna lose certain things in certain places but if if you want something that you can daily drive and have for what the we most do, quiet tires that yes. i've ever driven on i can vouch for that there you go
1: and for what we do, you're right. Like, for what we do, let's be honest, you really do want a good all around tire. How much highway do we do to get a to the um, right? A lot. And then we're in sand, we're in rock, we're in snow, we're in, like, you really do want an all around
0: tire. Dude, I'll tell you right now, those Coopers yeah. were amazing. The SST Pros were amazing on rocks. Yeah. Like, they're fantastic. On the road, dude. I remember going to Utah, like yeah. Do you remember that? It was, it was actually it was became like, a
1: thing. It became part of it's like just almost a constant a background drone. Noise. And yeah. I'm like,
0: and after a while, I was getting so annoyed. And when I switched to stars I'm like, is this real life? Like, it's so quiet. Yeah, it's a softer compound. You ride on the crown. There's, it's there's a lot of different things it's about. It's got some it, unique design it. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah the the crown is almost like an all train. Anyways, check them out. Uh Milestone tires. I mean, again, you need if you want to if you want like. If you want an aggressive Mickey Thompson, go get an aggressive Mickey Thompson. But if you want something that is going to do you right, and I say this with the the pretext of, they're also coming out with new tires too. So you'll you'll start to see other tires that might be more suitable for specific things. But for now, it's a great tire.
1: Yep, absolutely. And then, who do we got? So next up is DeMello Off-Road and uh jason de over there also a good friend great guy super knowledgeable uh building fantastic armor for up to his eyeballs right yeah, now. yeah he's rewarding. up to his eyeballs right now yeah uh building fantastic armor for lexus and toyota vehicles yep. um and soon to be expanding into the ford realm with the bronco, the bronco. and the ranger yep. um but like you to to your point um i had a conversation with him last week and you know He's hiring like crazy, and so is Rebel for that matter. So you need a job. You need to reach out to either one of these two because I know for a fact. How to
0: weld? uh, How to use a wrench?
1: You know how to weld? You know how to how to install aftermarket parts, and you're good at it. Duck a wrench? Skill? Yeah, Yeah. hit them up because they're both looking for people to do that kind of stuff. (laughs) And then I know Rebel's looking for salespeople. Yep, they're looking for people in Texas. They got to fill that place up. So. Um, you know, there's there's, there's big names from
0: Rebel Orange County moving out to Texas. Absolutely. Too, so, yeah. That's
1: good buddy Jacob is heading out. He's a solid guy. He'll be running the show over there. Yeah. So, uh, you can tell Jacob that either one of us sent you, and then he'll just promptly show you the door out. So, um, <laughs> you know, take your own chances on that one. <laughs> it depends on how much you're coming with. No, Jacob's awesome. He one of awesome. the
0: most knowledgeable salespeople I've ever come across. Yes. In terms of like what a vehicle needs yeah, to do what you want guy. it to do. Um, but on that note, dude, this was this was great. I'm glad we got this out. I cannot wait for the episodes that are to come. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to being in Arizona for a while and taking off after Arizona and doing some some other fun yep. things and seeing uh, some sights with Ashley. We haven't really gotten to do that much. Um, you came off of a trip, you yeah. Know, like. You've, yeah, You've talked. You've talk, you've talk, did you talk about it last episode at all? Much? No. no nah, we'll have to talk about it next episode. No, you just gave me my. You came back with some jalapeno cider. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. So again, one of those epic Frank trips of like multi-state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll cover that next episode. Yeah, we'll do it in the next one. Um. And uh yeah, thank you to land ops for being part of this. Yep. Thank and you guys. I am Ali. Kate the
1: Jeep. I'm Frank at Trucky Mix Truck Face. We'll talk to you guys soon.